0: Friends, welcome to another episode of Leadosophy. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. Today's episode. Straight to it, straightforward. It's about being closed-minded in leadership. When it might be beneficial, assuming it is it is beneficial. And I think we're gonna we're gonna make that case today that being closed-minded is beneficial. And I'm also gonna introduce a it's called The Handbook of Leadership, written by Bernard Bass. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that theoretical side of leadership without diving too deep into theory, but just tease a little bit about what I like to read. It's kind of like a leadership Bible for me, kind of inspiration when I need some, some real theoretical type knowledge to back up the practice side. So theory and practice for me, they go hand in hand. I right, hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then, a word of caution you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of Leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of Leadosophy, Tim Woody. friends welcome back inspired by the smooth chill sounds of royalty-free music here's to my coffee hope you got your vidosophy elixir of life coffee or beverage of choice here we go special thanks to my nieces who created this wonderful coffee cup for me a couple years ago this is back when i was beard man i was beard man the first time listener, uh, I was a beard man on the campus of Florida Atlantic University. Went back to school after retiring from the military, growed a long beard because after 20 years of shaving every single day, you get really sick of it. And, you know, once you get your civil, li- civil liberties back, one of the first things you take back is your your decision to shave or not shave every morning. Anyways, that's enough of the chill music, chill beats. Hope you enjoyed that. All right, here we go. Closed mind, closed mindedness. You can see up on the screen, I have an infographic. Again, this was inspired. My wife inspired me to create this because we had this discussion about open mindedness and I think, as I reflect more on that conversation of the of the open mind, it may have been a little too abstract from a leadership's perspective, from a practical perspective as a leader. Yes, having an open mind is a good thing, but in practice, it's not always number one beneficial, and it's not always possible. Can we admit that? I think we can admit that. It's not always possible. Be open-minded as a leader. There's times where you just have to make a decision. Let's be honest. You have to make a decision. You can only take in so much information. I, I think the mind is very, very well geared towards being closed-minded. From a mental shortcut perspective, I think we can only deal with so much information before we have to act on that information we have to decide we have to tell others what needs to be done so that's kind of the inspiration behind this infographic and again my wife teased this on our last episode on the road check it out I highly encourage you to watch that youtube episode if you want some uh, gorgeous scenery of the pacific ocean and the beach here in southwest washington really cool and you can see see the great danes plato and franklin two great danes plato and franklin all right, so you can see the the infographic up here. Leadosophy asks, "Can leaders benefit from a closed mind?" And if you're if you're not watching, if you're just listening, again, Leadosophy likes infographics. That's what this is, and the title is "Leadosophy asks: Can leaders benefit from a closed mind?" So I identified four situations, or four, I guess, areas in the in the realm of leading and following when a closed mind might be beneficial. And these four areas are survival, for survival purposes. Time, pressure, sensitivity. As a leader, when you're under time, pressure, and that can be perceived or real. How often in the world of leadership, or let's just talk about life in general, how often do you feel pressured to make a decision? And maybe that pressure is real, or maybe you just perceive that pressure The other two areas are system and organizational demands. And knowledge, perspective, and intuition. KPI, I call that. Knowledge, perspective, and intuition. When does that play in closed-mindedness and being closed-minded as a leader? So this infographic is up on leadosophy.com under my thoughts. I created like a quasi-blog. I really like to write but I like to create visuals probably a little bit more because I just, I think they're more pleasing to the eye. I think, you know, we're visual learners. I read somewhere once in any of the uh, neurology neurology listeners out there, if you can back me up on this, fact check leadosophy. I've read that the mind is, about one third of the brain is wired for, for vision. Is that true? Someone fact check me. One day I'm going to do a live show and you can fact check me live. Leadosophy is not ready for live streaming. That's a big step for leadosophy. Especially from a person who is not always the quickest thinker. I sometimes have trouble formulating my thoughts on the fly. That's why one of this this podcast was a big step for me because I'm not the best quick thinker. I may not be the best slow thinker. <laughs> Anyways. All right, so I'm going to dive deeper into this infographic. So the, I talked about the four areas when closed-mindedness is beneficial. Survival, time, system organization demands, and knowledge, perspective, and intuition. So we're going to talk about the first one, survival. And I'm just going to read what I have because, again, not everyone's watching. So we've survived for millennia because we received information from trusted sources and acted on That information. From building shelter and fire to best practices in the workplace and time-tested battle plans, a closed mind allows us to make cookie-cutter decisions without a need for excess information. Also, competitive environments may be more conducive to closed-mindedness as one simply survives within an organization. So what do you think about, real quick, that last statement? Competitive environments may be more conducive to closed mindedness as one simply survives within an organization. For me, for Leadosophy in general, that deserves its own episode. And here's why I think organizations in general trend in two directions. You know, if you had it on a spectrum, on one side of the spectrum, you had a completely collaborative environment, one of A lot of teamwork, team-driven goals, projects, what have you. And then on the other side, you have a very competitive-driven, competition-driven environment. So collaboration on one side of the spectrum, competition on the other, right? If you had a a scale, where would closed-minded and open-minded fall on that scale? I don't pretend to have the answer to that. I just think from, even maybe from a from a theoretical study standpoint, it would be good to examine organizations, type of organization, scale of organization, and then see what kind of environment they tend to be, whether it be competitive or collaborative, and whether the followers, leaders, tend to be more closed-minded versus open-minded. So that's why I threw that in there. Be curious to know your thoughts. Send an email to tim at if you have feedback or critical feedback of the show, things you like, don't like, what have you. Okay, we're going to go to number two. The number two reason why a closed-minded mind, closed leader might need to be closed-minded as such. This is time pressure sensitivity. Time pressure sensitivity. Sensitivity may call for quickly made or quick and ready decisions. Too much information bogs down the mind, leading to paralysis by analysis. It's not a good thing when one must decide or act. You know, the obvious example for me is back to my Coast Guard experience. In the world of search and rescue, and anyone who's in the emergency services business, whether you're a leader or a follower, or just, you know, you're a foot soldier, just doing the mission in the trenches, time pressure sensitivity. You can only take in so much information, you have to act, you gotta go. That was the world of search and rescue. I think by by policy, when I was in the Coast Guard, it was pretty much 30 minutes. You have 30 minutes to respond after receiving an urgent call for help on the ocean or the lake or the river or whatever it was. A federal body of water in the maritime world. We never usually took from a surface rescue standpoint, boats. I'm not speaking for for the helicopter world or the air world. We never really took 30 minutes to launch unless it was really confusing on the information we were trying to, to ascertain. But you get together, you figure out what's going on, you come up with a quick battle plan, you go through a risk management process, identify high, medium, low risk, and then you go. You can receive information on the fly as you're going out to, to the scene of a distress call. You can continue to receive more information, but you're still acting. You're still making movement towards solving a problem. So I think in in the general workplace, we have that, abil- we have that ability as well to adjust after making a decision. As a leader, a lot of times you can There's only so much information you can get. Sometimes you can just make a decision and adjust. You know, a lot of the decisions we make anyways are trial and error. Course corrections, you know. We're not always going to make the right decision off the bat. So there you go. First two, survival and time pressure. Maybe conducive to closed-mindedness. Number three on the list. Number three, KPI, knowledge, perspective, and intuition. And intuition, I think, often follows knowledge and perspective. There's a wonderful book. I can't remember the name of it. It's written by, uh, I believe it's Dr. Gary Klein. And I'll have to, I'll follow that up maybe in the next episode. But he did a bunch of research on, I think one of the biggest organizations he was embedded with was firefighters. And a lot of the gut intuitive decisions they made were actually grounded in a lot of knowledge and experience, right? And that gut feeling that you have, whether it's a leader or a follower, just, you know, whenever that sometimes that gut feeling you have on, you should make decision X or make decision Y, there's a reason you might be getting that intuitive feeling. And a lot of times that's backed up in experiences you've had, knowledge you've gained, so on and so forth, and just the unique perspective you have. remember, this is, goes back to Tim's law of Law of unique experiences, right? And you can hear the owl come in there. Yes, law of unique experiences. Whenever you hear the law of unique experiences, you're going to hear my little owl. it's, it's important. We all have unique experiences. We all have our individual perception of reality that no one else can have. And from a closed-minded standpoint, sometimes we have to make a decision what we feel intuitively is the right one to make, right? So hopefully leaders are placed in their positions because of their competence and craft and their experience levels. When faced with difficult decisions, leaders may feel that no matter how much information they receive from others, this amplifying information simply does not sit well in the gut. It may be true that the leader is in the best position, the most uniquely qualified to make the final call based upon his or her unique experiences and the knowledge accrued from those experiences. Let wisdom take the reins. Wisdom. Wisdom's a, a big part again. Wisdom likes leadosophy, the owl likes wisdom. One day I'm gonna do an episode on the on the owl. There's a lot of, a lot of superstition about the owl, a lot of the owl, you know, superstitions about the owl and just what the owl symbolizes. Anyways, lead likes owls. Okay. Number four, number four on the list, why closed-minded or what scenario might benefit the closed-minded leader or dictate being closed-minded and that system and organizational demands. Leaders are duty bound to the values of the organization and wedded to the systems and processes within their organization. Leaders are entrusted to carry out the organization's mission. And sometimes there's little to no wiggle room. Most leaders have a boss or bosses who expect certain decisions to be carried out and only so much pushback is tolerated. The squeaky wheel might get some grease. Or the squeaky wheel might get replaced. Here we may default back to survival. So that's number four. I kinda like that one. Has anyone ever heard that? Squeaky wheel sometimes gets a grease, but other times it gets replaced. Can only be so squeaky, friends, in the in the in the organizational world, in the business world. Sometimes the uh sometimes you just have to suck it up and and there's good reasons for that. You know, sometimes your boss wants it a certain way. You get a certain amount of pushback, and that's the way it's that's the way it's going to be. I remember back oh a decade ago, I got some of one of the best pieces of advice I got from a fellow, uh, a member who was in charge of another unit next to the unit I was in charge of, Coast Guard Search and Rescue Unit. And when I took command of this unit within the first week, I called him and, and kind of got some some initial advice, And his advice was, think of think of an arrow, arrows in a quiver. You have a quiver on your back as a leader in your position as is in charge of your unit, but everyone's got a boss, right? I reported to a Coast Guard captain in Buffalo, New York. And I'd already had a challenging moment with one of my bosses, and i was I wasn't insubordinate, but I probably pretended like I knew more than I should have uh maybe not pretended, but I was probably just too forceful in pushing my my thoughts and you know pushing back on on his ideas. So I was frustrated by that conversation, so I called this gentleman next to me. And he was a master chief in the Coast Guard. Had been in 25 years. Wicked smart. And the first piece of advice he gave me was, imagine you have a quiver on your back with nine arrows. And this was a four-year job, a four-year tour. And he said, over those four years in command of this unit, you have nine arrows to use. And you use those arrows very sparingly. When you feel the... the the situation is worthy enough to push back on your bosses and to fight a battle that you know is, is the right one. You have nine arrows over four years, use them wisely. So I always use, I always think about that analogy anytime, anytime I'm in in a conflictive situation or, you know, is it worth spending an arrow on? Is the hill worth dying on? Or should I just do what they tell me to do or, or whatever. So there's a little nugget, little wisdom nugget for you. So that's the infographic. Again, this is up on my thoughts at com. Check it out. If you think, what do you think? Is there, is there other ways where the leader can benefit from being closed-minded? Those are four broad categories, but there may be others too. There may be others. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is I you know I tease this in the intro. Bernard Bass, and again, if you're not if you're not watching Bernard, I have his website or the PocketBook website up. Bernard Bass was a world-class scholar, whom the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology describes as having invented organizational psychology. His vast array of interests within his field led to over 400 scholarly scholarly articles and a huge archive of unpublished work alongside 31 books of which he wrote 21 and edited 10. But of all his work, Bass will be remembered for one area where his passion and persistence led him to focus for over 20 years. That is leadership. And again, if you're not watching, here's the book. Here's the book on, on leadership. It's a, it's literally a Bible. It's 1200 pages. So I talk about that book because again it's a great way it talks everything about leadership traits and from a you got to think about you know I, I talk about this blend of practice and theory from a the theoretical side of of leadership a lot of the studies are very social psychology driven um it's it's a lot about studies about behaviors people's behaviors in the workplace their reactions from the followers, so on and so forth. And there's a, a couple pages in there on authoritarian leadership, authoritarian leadership. And it kind of goes towards the closed-mindedness a little bit. And I'm kind of drawing an inference from a couple of the pages I read, but if if a leader trends more towards an authoritarian style, they may be more prone to close-mindedness versus open-mindedness. And on the opposite side if if you have a very egalitarian type leader who believes in equality for all, you know, they might be more conducive to open-mindedness and there may be situations that completely contradict that. But I just bring this up because that handbook's really great if you are if you are trending towards you know, diving deeper into the world of leadership from a theory side, I highly recommend uh, Bernard Bass's book, The Handbook of Leadership. Again, the the categories in that book are, are countless. There's, there's so many things it talks about. And there's a lot of studies in there. Like if you're wondering about how much does charisma play into leadership, there's all kinds of really tangible information in there that, of studies that were done on charismatic leaders, their effect on their followers and its effectiveness in general. So anyways, if you wanna get really geeked out on leadership knowledge, check it out. So I think that's it. That's it for Leadosophy today. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership. And that's all, that's all we have today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.